All right, now we're almost done for tonight. Let's uh, have a closer look at the glory or presence of God. I absolutely love the glory and presence of God. I love the power and anointing of God, but people of God, I love the glory and the presence of God. Without the glory and the presence of God, you can't even have the power and anointing of God. So we're going to start with the three manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The three manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So we have to understand this if we're going to start to understand what the glory or presence of God is, right? So the first is he is with you before salvation. He is with you before salvation. So what is the Holy Spirit doing with you before salvation? He's leading you to Christ and salvation, convicting you of your sins and your need for salvation through the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this is confirmed in John chapter 14, verse 17. Let's have a quick look at it. Jesus here says the spirit of truth, so he's obviously talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus says this to his disciples before his passion, death and resurrection. And he says to them of the Holy Spirit, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So for he dwells with you is present tense. It's present tense. So that's talking about the Holy Spirit being with them. And why was the Holy Spirit with them? One of the reasons the Holy Spirit was with them was to empower them to preach the gospel and to give them the ability or empower them to show signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations of the Holy Spirit as they did. But then Jesus says, and will be in you. That's future tense, right? Where it says, and will be in you, is future tense. Now, this is very interesting. The Holy Spirit was with them, but not yet in them. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said, and will be in you. People of God, no one from Adam and Eve after sin to Christ had the Holy Spirit in them. Jesus was the only one who had the Holy Spirit in them in him at that stage. No one did. They only had the Holy Spirit with them. And that's the reason why we see the patriarchs and the prophets of the Old Testament were able to move in signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was with them. That's why the disciples were able to preach the gospel in power and signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations of the Holy Spirit because they had the Holy Spirit with them. Not only did they have the Holy Spirit with them, they had Jesus there physically with them, right, Uh, who empowered them, directly empowered them to do so. But people of God, no one had the Holy Spirit in them until Jesus first came, suffered, shed his blood, died on a cross, was buried and rose from the dead and dealt with the sin barrier. Why? Because it was the sin barrier that prevented people from receiving the Holy Spirit in them. If anyone could receive the Holy Spirit in them before Jesus came, that means Jesus didn't have to come. Jesus didn't have to come. He wasted his time. He wasted his life. He didn't need to come. But he needed to because no one could receive the Holy Spirit in them until he came. 
You with me? That's why it says he dwells with you and will be in you. With you is present tense, will be in you is future tense. All right? So people of God, we don't just have the Holy Spirit with us. We have, a, have him in us. People of God, your salvation is not guaranteed just by having the Holy Spirit with you. Your f- salvation is guaranteed when he's in you, when you're born again. So that's why everyone must be born again. Jesus himself said it. One must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Must be born again. All right, not it's a good idea. One must be born again to see or to enter the kingdom of God. The second is he is in you at salvation. He is in you at salvation. So he enters your spirit and becomes one with you when you are born again. And we see this in John chapter 20, verse 22. It says that Jesus breathed on his disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. So after Jesus death and resurrection, he comes to the disciples and it says he breathes on them and and says receive the Holy Spirit. Now, people of God, that was the first time any human being received the Holy Spirit in them and I just explained why a moment ago. But that was it. That was the moment any human being received the Holy Spirit and was born again for the first time. Why? Because when Jesus breathed, he exhaled his Holy Spirit, then the disciples inhaled his Holy Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit went into them. He entered them. And it happened after Jesus dealt with the sin barrier and not a second before. After. After. Now, this is also known as the baptism in the Holy Spirit or born-again baptism. Baptism in the Holy Spirit or born-again baptism. Why? Well, the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to fully immerse. The word in in the Greek is eis, E-I-S, and it means to be in one with an intimately connected to. So when a person is born again, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit enters you and becomes one with you. You're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about water baptism now. I'm talking about the born again baptism. When the Holy Spirit enters your spirit and becomes one with you when you're born again. All right. And the third is he comes upon you after salvation. He comes upon you after salvation. That is, you receive the power of God or anointing after you are born again. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has what? Come upon you. Not come within you. Of course, yeah, the Holy Spirit first has to be within you. And here the disciples already had the Holy Spirit in them. That's why they were able to receive the Holy Spirit upon them now, all right? But it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I already explained this verse, but the word power here is dunamis. It means explosive, dynamite, miracle working power. When do you receive it? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you after you're born again. After you receive the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. 
And what does it do? It turns you into a witness for Christ. It empowers you to preach Christ and the gospel boldly. And with signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations. And then we see in Acts chapter 2, the disciples, believers, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit upon them. Now, this is also known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit or baptism of fire. Why baptism of fire? Because in Acts chapter 2, it says that when the Holy Spirit came into the room, there were cloven tongues of fire which appeared and divided and rested upon each person in the upper room, all 120 of them. That's why it's called the baptism of fire. Now, people of God, let me just quickly explain something here. This is a very interesting point. I explained to you the disciples received the Holy Spirit in them and were born again for the first time in John chapter 20, verse 22, when Jesus exhaled his Holy Spirit and they inhaled his Holy Spirit. That's when the Holy Spirit entered them or any human being for the first time and anyone was born again for the first time. Amen. All right. Now, in Acts chapter 2, they received the Holy Spirit again. Now, a lot of Christians believe this was actually when the disciples were born again or saved in Acts chapter 2. But that's wrong. They were not born again or saved in Acts chapter 2. They were already born again and saved before Acts chapter 2. They were born again or saved in John chapter 20 verse 22 when they received Jesus' Holy Spirit within them. Amen. So what's going on here? Well, they were baptized with fire so they could preach the gospel with signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations. Oh, but Pastor Richard, didn't you just say before Jesus died and rose from the dead, they were preaching the gospel with signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations, and that because Jesus was physically with them, he directly gave them the power to do it? Exactly right. Exactly right. What was this for then? What did they need that for then? Well, they needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit or baptism of fire so they could continue preaching Christ and the gospel in the Spirit with signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations of the Holy Spirit without Jesus having to be physically present with them. Even Jesus said, it is better if I go away because if I do, then the comforter will come. Meaning, if Jesus didn't go away, the disciples, and none of us for that matter, could preach the gospel with signs, wonders, miracles, and manifestations of the Holy Spirit without Jesus physically present with us. He would have had to be physically present with us everywhere we go, like he was with the disciples. That's one of the reasons he had to go and send the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, none of us would be able to do any of this. None of it at all. And that's because of the anointing. That's one of the functions of the anointing. Amen.